welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Poetry Podcast Presents Real Poetry. I am Sharon Smith, and I'm back once again with my po- two popcorn snasters, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up. What howdy, up? Howdy. Woo. And today, we're going to go over the 1999 movie, The 13th Warrior. Boo. Starring Antonio Banderas. Tony Flagg. <laughs> and several other characters, including even Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif. This He's movie. He's a very famous actor. He is a very famous actor. He was in uh, the was it Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, he was in that yes. one. Yeah, he was in that movie. All right, this movie itself is a adaptation. This movie is an adaptation. I know you're gonna say it, but right now let's say it. This movie is an adaptation of Michael Crichton's um of 1976 novel Eaters of the Dead. It's also it also has a couple combinations of Beowulf. The Tale of Beowulf, and also Ahmad Idib um, Falan. That's actual. That's an actual person. The, the actual poet. The, the actual a real poet. life poet who exactly. spent a lot of time with the Norse Vikings, which I found right. very fascinating. Vol- mm-hmm. Volga Vikings, yes, Volga Vikings. So, this movie itself, the budget of this movie was. One um was eighty. They say right now is between eighty five to one hundred and sixty million dollars. The box that's office, a range. Yeah, because okay, this is this is the reason why. The reason why they say is a range because they're saying that it was really ninety dollars, but marketing kind of amped it up a little bit, so they gave it another seventy million for for that. But the box office was only sixty one point seven mil. So basically, it was a flop. Mm-hmm. This also came out. Apparently, it also came out in the same year as the Sixth Sense. So it definitely competed yes. with that hard. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. before we all found out M Night was a fucking fraud. <laughs> and he's coming out with another movie. Uh, <laughs> all right. I have this no movie. goodwill for him. This movie's plot. I made um Amid Eve um Falan is a court poet from Baghdad. And under until his enormous encounter with the wife of an influ, influential noble who got him exiled as an ambassador to the Volga Bolur. Traveling with his father's old friend, um, Makaladek, um, his um, caravan is saved from a Tanar um, raiders by the appearance of Norman, Norsemen coming, th- coming through the water. Taking refuge with the with their settlement on the Volgar the Vlogar, um, River, the communication that was established between Macaladek um, and Helgar, Hogar, a Norman who spoke Latin. Um, from Hugar, the two have learned about the celebration being held with the Norsemen and the fact of a funeral of the recent uh, recent deceased king, Hogar. Who introduced them to the the king's son Beowulf, or they call him Bulifard, Bulipuf. Ahmad and Malakif then witnessed the fight of Belagin um, kills his brother in self defense. So basically, that guy was his brother. We'll talk about that later. Apparently, he is next heir to the throne. 
Well, they get a message from a young prince saying that they are needed in Holgod to um to help uh, to help his father's kingdom because of a warrior that is not named and the angel of death, a wise woman as they call her, determines the mission that will be successful if 13 warriors go to face the danger. And during that choice of all the Norsemen, one Norseman, one person, the 13th, would not be a Norseman. And Amal was recruited for this treacherous journey. Thoughts? Marvin? It was a lot better than Mulan. <laughs> right off the top, listeners. We got it right off the top. Ding, ding, ding. I mean, for a historical film from the 90s. Uh, it's historical fiction. Uh, okay, okay. Based off some historical fiction or mm-hmm. historical basis and templates. Right. This was still better than Mulan. Okay. You and I stand by that. Want to say anything else? Because it was fiction, that? and it, it, it was a work of fiction. And Mulan is nothing but twenty twenty. Mulan is nothing but bullshit. All right, staying clear from that. Where you want else? You want to go with this movie? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> fuck this movie and its cultural appropriation. Okay. Antonio Banderas as a Middle Eastern man didn't even didn't even drop the Spanish accent. Thank you. Thank you. It was fucking terrible listening to that. He, You could tell he was trying that Middle Eastern accent, but then he kept going back to his Spanish accent. Oh, God. It was it was awkward as fuck. And this was from the 90s. And you can tell whatever. Either the 90s audience were like, oh, this is what Middle Eastern men must sound like. Or they're like, oh, we don't give a shit. We just love our Latin, the Latin heat. And I'm like, fuck this movie. Just fuck this movie. And just absolutely fuck this. And like, so because Antonio Banderas was slightly tanned, you thought this was okay? Absolutely fuck you, Hollywood. Absolutely fuck you. Okay, um, Auntie Vice, how do you feel about this? Or thoughts? This was an awful movie. I mean, okay, so Antonio <laughs> Banderas is the lead, was painful and shouldn't have been cast. I mean, there were plenty of other working Arab actors that you could have gone for, but no. Um, and then... Well, they have the one Cine- Arab actor that was a co-star. Yeah, co-star. but I mean, that was probably the only one the casting directors knew by name. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, there were plenty of working Arab actors in the 90s that you could have gone with. Well, um, I get a list. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, I definitely up. have a list. I definitely have a list. You could have casted Odid. Uh, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, What's but he name? played in The Mummy as one of the main protagonists. Or Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But like a, a secondary character, Odid Fear. Oh, he would have been a great actor. He's Israeli. He is Israeli. Yes. Yeah. Well, Joey Neighbor, N A B E R Neighbor. Yeah, he was in West Bank Story. Uh, he's been in a bunch of short films. Um, he was in the siege at three Kings. Like when you see his face, you're like, Oh yeah, he would have been great for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, Haas Slaymine, I believe okay. is how you, uh, is from Lebanon. Um, and he was in Tarek, which was a great film. Um, you know, and here's the thing. I would have accepted Tony Shaw, who the guy who Shalhoub. played Monk. Yeah. Shalhoub. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to say it purely because I, 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 I it's not out of disrespect, but, but I just don't want to disrespect anybody mm-hmm. by mispronouncing their name. But I right. would have taken Marvelous Miss Maisel's dad right, as the main character. And right. the guy is mainly a comedy actor, but right. he would have been so much better than Tony Obanero's. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just makes me mad. It makes me mad. And then as I'm like watching this movie, because... I really loved Desperado when I was a kid. Right. Right. And I'm looking at Antonio Banderas like, oh, God, you're not even Mexican. You're not even from South America. You're like European Spanish. This is even worse. God. No, I mean, uh, there's uh, Amar Waked, who was in a bunch of stuff. And, um, I mean, he looks the part of a warrior. He he could have done it. So that was problematic in the first place. The cinematography was shit. This was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. Like, what is it with you can't see two thirds of the fucking screen for the whole movie? Uh, like, it was, it was very shot, melodramatic too. I gotta say, but it, well, but how could you tell? Because you couldn't see most of it. It was just mm. like shadow play. Goddamn. Um, it was slow. I mean, it just drug. Oh, yes. yes. And oh. Like, I mean, this was so bad that Omar Sharif quit film for a while. That's saying something. Oh, poor guy. He, he was poor just guy. like, nope, nope. If this is what I'm getting, nope. I, it's not worth working. Like, and <laughs> I de- feel like this, that. And this movie definitely was the hallmark of 90s movie magic of, we're going to gloss over a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Because with the Antonio Banderas' main char- character, just immediately in two separate instances, Getting the Vikings respect was so fucking bad. Right. Like, whoa, he just observed the language and he immediately learned it. Get fucked. Absolutely get fucked. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of Asian languages that puts like the like certain words, like the mm-hmm. action or the descriptor first before other things. Mm-hmm. And that's why you get people go, well, they just don't speak good English. No. Right. No. They think the in their native right. tongue. Right. It doesn't mean they're dumb. It just because they they literally think in whatever language they learn first. Mm-hmm. It's how you translate. Yeah. It's like and the way Americans suck at German because the German puts the verb at the end. Yeah, exactly. So by just saying I learned your language fluently by observing everything, I'll get fucked. Absolutely get fucked with that sentiment. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we respect him now because he can. he's a good horse rider or he knows how to fight with shit. No, no, get fucked. And then, like, every time, like, they kept making digs at him for being Arabian. God, just Arab. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the only thing that rang true after, after the last administration is you sleep with somebody's wife so you get an ambassadorship. Like, that was straight up out of 45. That's all I'm saying is that straight up out of the 45 administration. I could buy that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so the movie itself, it did, it did use, the movie did use modern Norwegian and occasional Sweden um, to stand in for some of the old Norse. Right. Um, speaking of Vikings. Uh the Vikings, him learning him learning how to speak it is more he more is more of an old dialect than a new than one of the new ones, but he mm-hmm. learned kind of the western side of it, which is now still being spoken right now in Iceland right. and all the other areas. But you, I mean, looking at that, I mean, you had to also think of the. You also had to think when his when um Beowulf actually asked him, 
you can mm-hmm. draw sound. And then I'm split, and then I'm actually going back into kind of doing his kind of a, a missionary type of thing of explaining right. that the only God is is Allah and Muhammad. Mm-hmm. You, you think that that could have been one of those things where he's just asking you to draw something for him. He, he's asking you just to write what he needs to say, right. not not give me a freaking uh, missionary statement of who that who that the true God is. I got my God. Chill out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I get it. No, I get it though. I mean, Viking history eventually transitioned from North North um, paganism to like heavy Catholicism, even before they hit mm-hmm. Europe. Though it makes sense to me, you that you have while not Christendom, some look within that realm of Jesus and God and whatever bullshit that is. And I still stand by calling it bullshit. Mm -hmm. There has been influences there, but still hasn't hit its mark. Right. It makes sense because that realm of religion and the world since the Romans has always been about spreading their sphere of influence. So Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. Well, I can see that. Well, mm-hmm. but I, we, I didn't. I, so one of the I didn't notice it was the fact that some of the some of the armor that the guys were carrying was was not even Viking armor. I was like, why the heck right. is he wearing a freaking conquistador outfit, or why is that guy wearing this? And I just and I just I just read now that um, sometimes when they basically um, kill when they kill their enemies and stuff, or if their enemies perish, they take their armor. So they basically you know it's the whole pillage and stuff. Then they mm-hmm. take some cute armor, they take it with them and then use that for their stuff. So that made that kind of made some sense of why the heck one of the guys is running around with a freaking conquistador outfit on. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. How he he should not be wearing a conquistador outfit. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, somewhat. <laughs> well, see, I feel like that question also begs to differ, or not begs to differ, but like now now that made me curious of is this accurate? armor Mm -hmm. for the time because i mean there was i mean it's not like all armor was made within that same time Mm -hmm. Uh, technology certainly has changed a lot like plate armor for instance has gone through so many variations chain link armor has gone through so many different variations was this accurate like for instance when you said conquistors Mm. spain Mm -hmm. Is not entirely like an old, I mean, it's an old culture. It's an old country, but Spain itself was an Islamic caliphate before it was right. Spain. Oh, what? Were the conquistador. Yeah. Like we're conquistador. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say conquistador armor, was it like, where was this? This was like during an era when gunpowder was available. Right. That, like if those if it was truly conquistador armor, that wouldn't have been accurate. And again, this is also why. Well, back to what I said earlier is like this is just '90s movie magic. Mm, Whatever. Does it look old timey? Sure does. We're just gonna put it there. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's always been the, that's always been a big issue with movies because of the whole English dialect mm-hmm. trying to add it. You know. So I, we sound old, but we have an English dialect. And you're just looking at them mm. like, but that's not the way they sounded. It's like, oh, yeah. It's old. It's like, but it's not the way they sounded. It's, just it's kind old of, enough. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like exactly. Just, the problem with play. Hollywood, definitely the problem with Hollywood has always been making everybody believe that if you had a time travel machine, you could probably get along with history. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No. You don't understand how things change and how language has evolved continuously. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, saying this, but seriously, this one is a, this is a Michael Crichton movie. So basically it, so Michael Crichton, if, you, if people didn't know, this this is the author of Jurassic Park. He's the one that wrote Jurassic Park and a lot of other in a lot of other um, books. Uh, mm-hmm. it was Michael Crichton too, like the, the Jurassic oh, yeah. Park. See, that upsets me because Jurassic Park, like the novel, was really great. Right. Like, mm-hmm. let alone like like not only was the Steven Steven Spielberg movie fantastic, but uh, that upsets me that someone with such a good resume essentially made this piece of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> well he, he well technically he didn't make it starting per se he it was a judge uh, the director was john mcturkman but then john got fired and Crichton came in to do some more reshoots and then he became kind of the extra he put his name and said, I'm the director of this movie, which he technically wasn't. He basically, he basically did a Stephen King move, where Stephen right. King was basically, when Stephen King got his first movie, you know, Maximum Overdrive, he directed that. And it was like, eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, and, I, and, I, and this kind of goes back to, like, 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 in the entirety of this series, where, with what I say about, like, how I feel about large production companies. Right. Yeah. The moment, the moment you put in, when a lot of hands are dipping into the same salsa bowl, that's when a lot of things go to shit. And this is right. And I'm not trying to be that guy or sound like that hipster, but it's like this is why sometimes those indie movies with the low production cost and everything tend mm-hmm. to be, in essence, a very, very much a better movie because it's a ver- more pure in the sense of storytelling. Because this was a mess. This movie was a fucking oh, mess. This was awful. So, I kept trying to get Sharon to not pause it when I like go get something to drink, but he insisted on making me watch the day. You know what? The, you know what the funny thing was like this movie, like, and it wasn't. It's not since speak to me po- in poetry. <laughs> Have I done something in this podcast while watching the movie? Like, speak to me in poetry. I literally just had to like, okay, I'm just gonna fold laundry. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do things here and there because this was bad. This movie, I literally worked out i literally like i have a some weights and a treadmill in my garage i literally had to like after 30 minutes into this movie i had just like okay nope like nope i watched it the night like when i first initially watched it i watched it at 9 p.m then i i literally fell asleep half an hour in i was like okay i'm just gonna do something else or like just go back to bed Mm -hmm. then the morning after i was like okay i'm gonna just work out and watch this movie and then at the same time i'm also gonna make I had 20 minutes left. I was like, okay, I'm going to just like, I finished my workout. I'm just going to brew a pot of coffee while I'm watching this. <laughs> this movie was bad, man. It was. Okay, mm. hold on. So now, now you're, now y'all keep, wondering, you all keep saying it's bad, bad, bad. Okay. When did it start getting, okay, Auntie Vice, when did it start getting bad? When did this movie start? Was it the beginning when you start yes. seeing the whole, <laughs> or was it the fact? First five just, minutes. For the first five no. minutes, it was, it was all in India. Or no, okay, in okay. Here's the thing. I knew it was bad the moment you heard Antonio Banderas speak with a Spanish <laughs> accent, but the moment it suspended every fucking belief of reality that I had, okay. 
was the moon's like, well, we need a 13th war. Motherfucker, you think that the Viking like the Vikings were very much a seafaring people. They've mm-hmm. been in contact with a lot of cultures. You think by whatever movie magic, you were the only foreigner in that tent when they confirmed right. convened and were like, well, we need a 13th warrior and the only one here. It's like, no, fuck off with that we're shit. We're gonna choose this the skinny ass guy who can't speak our language at all and uh go with it. Well, yeah, like no no, you can get fucked with that sentiment. Like People need to stop thinking that, like, the modern era has allowed us to get connected with the world. No, the world was really well connected, despite what you think in the past. Did it take a lot of work? Yes, but we were very well connected. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. well connected. Yeah, but with that, but the fact that they used the wise woman to choose the 13 warriors mm-hmm. and the 13th one being him. Even they were kind of shocked, like looking like, who the f- really? Right. Like, really? Yeah. That's no, the, like, I still like chalk that up to 90s movie magic. <laughs> well, and like I told Sharon, I have tried to watch this before and never made it through the first 15 minutes because it's so boring by that point. And I was just like, ah, let's go to something else. Um, you know, there are just certain, there are definitely movie like certain movies that are just so dumb. Mm hmm. But I'm still willing to be like, Whatever. This is a movie. I have watched Talladega Nights way too many times to say I have yes. great taste in film. Right? Yes. I, I you know, love... I just actually watched that last week too. <laughs> right? It was like it is a stupid film, but it's fun. This was stupid and not fun. That is a mm-hmm, bad. Co- mm-hmm. It's like you can date somebody stupid if they're fun because you got a ball gag when it comes to that moment, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then. <laughs> Sharon's just learning about the usefulness of a ball gag. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but look, look I will I will literally watch a lot of Michael Bay movies. Like there's a lot of Michael Bay movies I'm willing to sit through. Really? I can't say the same, but yeah, but, there are some. But I will I will not watch this, and that's saying something. Right. I've watched all of Adam Sandler's collection, so I'm not even and I've sat through all of them and not bitched like I do with this one. So really? Really? You'll watch an Adam Sandler movie, but you won't watch... This was painful. This was more painful than Mr. Deeds. Wow. Really? Yeah. Adam Sandler with fucking... What's his name? Rob Schneider? Rob yeah. Schneider. Yeah. Can't watch him really? while I'm Yeah. Like, that's that's the level of this movie for me. This, like... Adam that's Sandler's saying theme. something. That's saying right? something. Because I, I can't... Like, I can't. You, you, you cannot pay me I'm enough I'm alone money. in that. I know. Like, and I'm not knocking Adam Sandler. I think he's very talented, but you just cannot pay me enough money these days to watch old school Adam Sandler any longer. Like, just, <laughs> as a full, like, as as a person a who's a little adult. bit more, yeah, like as a grown adult who's a little bit more aware of the world and how bad Adam Sandler can get and how he loves his SNL cast, especially Rob Schneider, especially Rob get. fucking Schneider, who right. Like he he's on my list of people I would like kill and be willing to sit in prison for. Damn. Like legitimately no. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel I legitimately feel like I would be doing a service to the world, let alone this country, if I murder Rob Schneider. Well, you you might be reconsidered when I when we talk later about Rob Schneider, what he did with Dick Gregory's documentary. But we'll keep yeah. that in the hoofs. We'll keep that in the hoofs. Okay. Mm, that might be hard. <laughs> so, 
One one fun fact. So if you notice that the movie was done by Touchstone was Touchstone on Films, which is mm-hmm. technically a byproduct. It was basically a side um group of um Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Disney oh, Disney movies. Strikes Again. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> oh, no wonder I didn't Marvin? like this. No wonder I didn't like this movie because uh, just like Mulan, fuel. right before Mulan, they had to <laughs> fuck up another movie. <laughs> so. This the the Viking ship that they used in the movie is actually part of Epcot's um um Norwegian oh, yeah. pavilion. So they basically have that in Epcot right now over at Walt Disney World. So oh, it's, yeah. actually, it's actually a you playground. You can see when they were doing it that they were they were planning their amusement ride based on thirteen. Just because World. of that, just because that I know it's Disney, I'm I'm willing to put a lot of money on the line and say that Viking ship was historically inaccurate, inaccurate. <laughs> like, like 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 yes it might have been historically accurate in this like its appearance but probably not in the era this movie is supposed to take place in i'm willing to put money on that like i'm literally willing to give my firstborn child wow your firstborn child is paying a lot of debts marvin <laughs> yes literally so so the um the um the composer um reveal had composed a complete original score when this movie was slated. It was the first name it was going to be slated for was called be it was going to be called Eaters of the Dead. It's basically going to mm-hmm. be named after the after the novel. But after the movie was deemed unwatchable during test screening, Michael Crichton took over the project, rejected Reveal's um, Revel's um, original score, and basically bought and brought in Jerry um, Goldsmith to rescore everything. And rename it Thirteen Warrior. So basically, this movie already had was already was already having troubles already off the jump. You know how bad something has to be in Hollywood to be deemed unwatchable. <laughs> if you look at the, we just saw Black Widow. That was deemed very watchable. This was deemed unwatchable. That's all I'm saying, people. Mm. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> Here <it> comes. <laughs> Absolutely, fuck Hollywood after. Like in all of his existence, like I, I still maintain, like sometimes the big production companies are full of shit, and this this is definitely one of those moments. Like, absolutely, fuck you. This the actually could have been a great. This could have been a great story. I and I could have been. Yeah, I, I think this is a very legitimately great source material. You mm-hmm. had the Beowulf mythology. That's legitimately, I think great it, it, yeah. it's it's a very prominent important piece of north norse culture mm-hmm. you had this story of god i can't even say his name properly I don't Ahmed. Want you. Ahmed, Ahmed. yes that in itself is also a great piece of history not just mythology but legitimately in our world great piece of history and storytelling like mm-hmm. this has real legitimate influence on the world despite what the mass majority has forgotten about right and maybe the novel too i don't know i haven't read it i haven't looked into it enough but that could have been great source material too they even did when they were talking about the the tribe that is that worships bears. Do you know how many cultures that actually believe and worship right. bears? There's multiple cultures that worship bears to a very, very large 
way. Like, look at the Ainu people from Japan. Mm-hmm. A huge a part ex- of the culture believes well, in that. A- and, and the Native Americans here believe in mm-hmm. the are very animalistic and believe in bears like in a very powerful way. That could have been great source material, too. But you know what mm-hmm. Hollywood had to do? Oh, they had to fuck it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so so with the fact that um that's the fact that they both walked into the tent of the um nordic men and malekith was basically trying to speak latin or greek to all these guys who speak, you know do not mm-hmm. know what the heck he's talking about and there was one person who knew what he was talking about which was mm-hmm. his name is Her- herger herger that gentleman with the you know the blonde, he is saying the the basically say that he probably learned how to he probably learned Greek and Latin from one of these raids and then became part and then then base was mm-hmm. coming with this so and he became basically became his interpreter for a while so it's interesting that after he learned after um a man learned their language he kept calling him a little brother. I love that dude. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I thought that was cool. I like yeah. despite all my misgivings of this movie. Right. That would have been cool. You know what? It would have been a great storyline for this movie. What? Instead of doing this stupid, lame ass, melodramatic epic battle, it could have been cool to focus on Ahmed and his travels with the Volga Vikings. Right. And how he in and how he integrated with them and how he was able to capture such a huge expanse of their culture and bring it back mm-hmm. to the Middle East. And for him to continually write and observe their culture. Right. That would have made such a better movie. And then at its climax, where he's he finally has to leave. And they go through whatever, like, I don't even want to say whatever, or like, like set of specific parameter because anything could happen mm-hmm. with this scenario, but that would have made it such a better movie. Yep. But do, but do you love some of the contradictions he had to go through the contradictions he had to basically go through because he's in a, because technically he's whatever cult, all his culture and all his beliefs and stuff had to be kind of swayed um, because of what they believe, like one thing, when um, her, um, Hager came over with the with the cunt with the um, the horn of wine, mm-hmm. it was mead, and he basically was you know drinking it, and he's giving it to him. He thought it was um, fermented, you know, it was, but it was honey. It, yeah, and yeah. then he, and then Hager was laughing at him, going, "It's honey, man," mm-hmm. and it's like all that those little things like that had to be kind of changed in his mind that you can't do that. Or even when he basically went to battle and after, you know, he got a little scar on his head and the girl, and the girl came over and was putting, uh, I think what kind of piss, I think it was cow's cow urine. Cow urine. Boil, cow boil urine. Cow urine. Yeah. yeah. Boil cow urine. I mean, he got mad going, get away from me, get some freaking wa- clean water mm-hmm. and do this. And she said, well, if you wanted to puss up and you get a fever, so we can yeah, do that. Yeah, because cow urine has like whatever acidic properties in it. But, well, I, and I, I think I, I think Marvin's right that you know focusing on the diplomatic aspect of it and stuff could have been just fascinating. But then, yeah. but but then they are. Then I'm saying, did they do that? Because technically, they kind of took him out of his. They kind of technically did. I agree with you. Right. They kind of technically did, but it was so short in its 
mm-hmm. conception. The nineties were essentially, and I, as I've stated multiple times was I don't see color, <laughs> but that erases everything that legitimately right. erases everything. Right. And but, as someone who's had to like, and you, you obviously understand too, Sharon, like as someone, two people who've had to live in a culture that is all about erasing our specific individual individuality, Mm-hmm. that's damaging as hell like and yep. you talk about like having to live in that contradictory line i've right. lived through that my whole entire life like trying to explain to my parents certain co- like being in the u.s i can't be as collectivist as they mm-hmm. want because in the u.s whereas china is all about collectivism tribalism all for the greater community the U.S. has always been about individuality but right. then, contrary to that, you have people in the U.S. who were like, "You, you have to cook the, you have to cook chicken, right? Like it has mm-hmm. to be fully cooked." But in Chinese culture, we have you Chinese know. chicken. Right. That chicken really? has a little bit of blood, and it's it's a little red sometimes because mm-hmm. it, that's how you get the flavor. But everybody thinks that's how you get sick. No, we've been doing this for thousands of years. Hmm. There's that. Contradic- yeah, it- there's that contradiction. Well- and here it has to do with the fact that we industrial farm our chickens. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and then let, let's not even talk about like the U.S. My parents will never, and I mean never, eat raw food despite eating Chinese chicken, which is like still semi-raw. But mm-hmm. if you give them a slab of like raw fish, sushi, mm-hmm. sashimi, right. oh, this is an insult. Like they won't eat it because like old habits die hard for them. If it's not thoroughly cooked, it's it will kill you. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. But mm-hmm. sushi is completely fine. Sushi, sashimi, grain meat, fish, completely fine. But they live in that contradiction mm-hmm. because they eat Chinese chicken. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Didn't think about that. So, like, this whole movie has, like, yes, it's supposed to be relevatory, but, like, at the same time, as a person who lives in that contradiction 24-7. Right. Like, but I'm saying is, but, but, okay, Look at this from, I hate to say, a white person's point of view, but I know we have to throw that in that whole mix in there. They have to see everything in the veil of, well, why the heck is his, is um his is his horse a little dog, or why the heck can he hold this broad sword and he has to make an Arab sword? Basically, I forgot what they're called. It's called Sitar? Sitar. Sitar. And I have issue with that, too. I actually legitimately have issue with that. What's that? The Middle East is a desert region. I'm not saying it come like the entire country, the entire, uh, like the sphere of influence in that era was all desert, but a majority was sand, was hot ass temperature. Mm-hmm. To have a little horse that does not generate a lot of body heat means a lot. To have a horse that can go and to have a little horse means you can go a lot quicker. And you want to like swing your little dick energy and make <laughs> fun of that is fucking <laughs> yeah. bullshit. To make fun of a scimitar when a lot of like Middle Eastern culture has been about warfare on horseback is bullshit because a scimitar mm-hmm. is meant to be curved. To right. be a scythe-like weapon where you can mm-hmm. slice a lot easier on horseback, whereas the Vikings fought on foot. Like a lot of the, I get it. Sometimes cultures are going to be conflicting, and you make fun of it because culturally, you your your ego, your masculinity, whatever. A lot of masculinity is is, is set <laughs> in that 
is set in place. But the problem I have with this is when you try to make a movie that's all about assimilation, all about acceptance, all about brotherhood, all about learning from one another, and you still want to make fun of that shit. And in the 90s, which was all about making fun of, of other air cultures, especially when like they were in the 90s when they were like just bombing the shit out of the Middle East. My right. Dad. That's true. About that. That's damaging as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. Like, 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 absolutely, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, fuck that. There was a lot. I mean, I, mean, I know there were a lot of um, during the whole. That was during Persian, the Persian Gulf era and stuff. I yeah. know there was a lot and, of. Yeah. Yeah. And like the scimitar could have been a cool thing. It absolutely could have been like a great teaching moment. But you know what they did? It's like, whoa. I guess you just have my sister's knife, and he does. He just lets it go. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he said when you die. Moment. He said when you die. Absolutely. My dog fuck that moment. Absolutely. <laughs> like just like just get fucked with that. Like fuck the nineties. Like there's a lot of things I love about the nineties, but absolutely fuck the nineties for its white centralism. Hmm. I, I mean, that was a joke. They used as a, a a joke piece through the moment. Well, I'm not yeah. okay with it. I, 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 okay. like, and I still mean this in a, as a person in 2021. I still hear shit like that mm-hmm. at the moment. It's, I don't want to call it the fall of the pandemic, but things are quote unquote getting better, even though we haven't hit, hit mad, like herd immunity. Right. And I still get trumpist right-wing white people stare at me in public because they think i caused it uh-huh. as an asian american male like right. as a chinese american like like they don't know that i'm chinese but as an asian american male right You're still like i i literally am like like in the midst of i kind of don't want to go seem like a current barber i have been seen for four years purely because i don't feel comfortable in his shop any longer Right. Really? Because his clientele, like not him, but his clientele, like twice in the five times I've been there, twice have stared, like mean mugged me. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry for that to happen. So, like, yeah. and it's still a thing that goes on, and I think it's mm-hmm. bullshit. So, I think absolutely fuck that noise in mm-hmm. a culture that wants to be about acceptance and assimilation. Mm hmm. So, I speaking of so speaking of both the simulation and stuff, and they always I, I've seen this done a lot of movies that do the same thing. They always have either one side they show a lot of their culture, or they show the other side of the other side culture, and they just see how those two clash. One part that you know cracked me that he was surprising was the whole washing of the face when they're basically spitting the same water back into the dish. And then passing it on to each other. And he's looking at it like, that's the most nastiest thing in the world. These guys are doing mouthwash. And then Hagar just put his hand through it. And then the, there's been like seven or ten guys spitting this damn water back in. And he's going like, yeah, that's the greatest thing in the world. Like, I'm get myself all washed up. I mean, it's just little things like that. It just it just made me just surprised. Or even the fact of the, mo- the movie had a tribal... The you know basically this this um I think there was a Swedish I think the guy was a king and Swedish king and stuff they they call they call for help for it. he had his own little um village and every and his own kingdom and the people that were attacking him I don't I wasn't sure if they were 
you know, what what Native American or whatever what what they were, but the adversary, as we saw, had their own little idea, like almost like a Viking a Viking mentality idea of they, they well, had a very animalistic yeah, shamanist. Animal. They had a very mm-hmm. strong shamanistic or animalistic. Right. viewpoint of things yeah. and, mm-hmm. and they just basically it's almost like you're in our neighborhood you got something we might want even as bodies and we're going to come get it so it was very is and and even when they basically got into the infiltrated the actual the, the actual area and you know find out the cave and stuff and saw the bodies of the, the, the villagers and how many people are doing things it kind of maybe just kind of look at the whole movie like okay wait a minute these have the same kind of people as these type of people so, should they be trying to negotiate something or try to figure out how to talk? Not just we need to go kill their we need to go kill their shaman. We need to go kill their leader. We need to go kill their queen. We need to take out those people because it just it's it's almost as I understand that's the way to keep the story moving and stuff, but it kind of made me kind of look at the whole the fact of how we're doing things now. So it's almost like well, we never negotiate. We just. See, uh, well, we have to get rid of the person in charge, so that makes it, makes it much easier for us to divide and conquer. And it's like, okay, uh, that's what Geo- geopolitics is a mind for sure. Like, and, and if you look at it, look, I'm, despite I mean, what everybody says about having nukes and all that shit, but geopolitics is a very huge issue. Like, look at when Trump legitimately pulled soldiers out of the middle east and everybody was saying how that was a terrible idea for like the kurds and everything like that because Mm -hmm. while we weren't physically defending it but by just having a small contingent force Mm -hmm. force we essentially were a paper shield right and this movie is a very good demonstration of those not that specific situation but a very good demonstration of what geopolitics look like Mm. Excellent. Uh, I just want to have one. I have one other part. So it seems that fun fact. It seems that um, the gentleman who played um, um, Higar, when the part where they base were swimming upward, up um, out of the cave uh, and trying to get back up to the to the surface, Mm -hmm. well, he almost drowned. And if it wasn't for Antonio Banderas saving his ass, he would have died. So. Don't do your own stunts. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, everybody thinks they can be Jackie Chan. Legit, everybody thinks they can be Jackie Chan and Tom Cruise. That's that isn't that the case. Sometimes, sometimes some people are just that crazy and are able to do it. Sometimes you ain't going to be that person. Most of the time, you're not going to be that person. Yeah, yeah, like, and you just have to learn your lesson. Like, you just legitimately have to learn your lesson. Like, I think out of the whole movie, I think only. Four people survived everything at the end of the movie. I think only four people. Yeah, yeah. Like even the king couldn't survive. Beowulf right, couldn't did. survive. Yes, I think only four people survived the whole movie. And it seemed a lot of them were get, were getting knocked off out of stupid things. One guy got knocked off because he was trying to not. He was trying to get rid of a flame on the top, and they just threw spears at his ass. The other one was basically the bigger um, wolf guy who's sparking at his um, horse. Got got speared in the back, turned around and got speared in the front. The other two, there was another. I see you laughing. Straight <laughs> up Looney Tunes. <laughs> Straight up Looney Tunes death. 
there was, I think two of them got killed when they first started, when they're, when they're laying in bed and they got raided by the, um, by the um, group. Cause they cut off their heads and took their heads away. And they actually look at, look at how many people die of stupid things. I think it, I can't, I won't knock that because that those are some game of Thrones. Like, Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, that's some game of Thrones that, Thrones-esque mm. shit right there. And the thing I respected about Game of Thrones-esque was stupid shish decisions had real-world con- consequences. This movie displayed those deaths as real-world consequences. This is just Florida man 400 years ago. Florida man. Yeah, but I, I can respect a movie that gives you real-world consequences. Mm-hmm. You know one of them died because they said, hey, I can take a badger. Like, you know, this is oh, the for sure. <laughs> for sure. Let me let me take on five, like five primal idiots who are barbarians. Yeah. Nope. There's still five people. You ain't overpowering five people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I did love the fact of the one thing I did crack up on with the was the some um was it straightening out our differences with when he basically when basically he strategized with Beowulf that okay the king the the king's son the prince is basically in our way we need to basically take somebody down and he took down the oh, redhead guy and that could have also been a great storyline point too. yeah really this why? movie had a lot going on for it like I legitimately didn't think that like and as we discussed earlier I think if you focused on any one of the things I mentioned the Beowulf mythology mm-hmm. Ramads trying integration with the Vikings, this storyline, or just the animalistic people that they were battling. Right. Those all could have been, if you, if you just isolated those and focused on those specific isolations and compartmentalized them, those mm. could have been great, great movie points. If you just focus on those alone and try to create multiple subplots. Well, so what I'm getting from you is a lot of times is they didn't, they didn't get in depth with characters. They just kind of like got everyone together and shot them into where they thought was happening. Still, like you know, talk more into Heger's um, character. Talk more into Bale's character. Talk more into yep. Mad's uh, character. So, yeah, okay. So yeah, for this particular movie, yes. Okay. Well, as always, for folks, other movies, unlike Mulan. Oh man, here he comes. No, we are going to go into our thing we call all the time. Snap Judgment. It is now time for Snap Judgment. Well, we basically rate and review the current movie that we are reviewing. This is how it goes. If the movie gets three star, if the movie gets three snaps, this is stupendous. It is as big as Ahmed and his freaking horse flipping around and stuff and his sword going off and him doing a little twirly thing. It is great. It should have got all the Oscars. Take it. If it's two snaps, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. One snap, this movie needs to go back to Michael Crichton and be shitted on. <laughs> they need to put a thin, somebody needs to put down the ground and take a dump on it and say, you never, 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 never. This movie was a flop. Freaking this movie's death. It should have died when it was in the, when they wrote the screenplay. We also give quarter snaps to all our our um, reviews. So we are going to <laughs> we are going to close our eyes and count the three 
and give our rating to 13th Warrior. Here we go. One, two, three. Wow. Oh, my God. We got one and a half. We got a middle finger, which is one, I assume. And we got nothing. Oh, no, you got it. Really? You gave yeah. the same score I gave Mulan to this movie? You gave it a, you gave it a half. Was that a half? That was oh, a – oh, that was a I – th- I, I thought that was a zero. I thought it was zero, too, but I was going to say, is that a half? No, it's a half. It's okay. a half. All right. Well, let's go from highest to lowest. Okay, so – which always means Sharon starts first. <laughs> always the highest. Do I? Am I always the highest? Because I know if we go low, it's going to be really all over the place. Okay. <laughs> so, the reason why I gave this movie a one and a half. Yes, I do understand this movie had a lot of problems. The, the, the cinematography was bad. The Well, it was bad because it was very hard to see something. They, they really believed in a lot of... A lot of darkness and and they just didn't have the budget for lights. Apparently, it all went to advertising. <laughs> the just the just the story and the production story of this how this movie was made and how it went through so much crap. Also, the um, fact that they used Tony Vanderas as the star of this movie, and I think in that time Tony Antonio Vanderas only had like a three or four movies that he that he was. Um, English films, yeah. yeah. But Antonio Banderas was a, a good-looking man, and he was slowly becoming a hot commodity. Then. So yeah, so yeah, I, I thought Desperado was in '95. Um, the the massive Zorba was '98. This was his third movie before he, you know, this. So basically, they used his name as a as a character trait to get this movie off the ground. Um, and then even some of the characters, even even find out that the it retired Omar Sarif. It, Sharif. It, Sharif in this movie retired him. It it, it kind of hurt. I ain't gonna lie, this movie did kind of hurt me in that it had it had more of a juju of being anybody who got in this movie, you were gonna get screwed. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You were gonna get screwed in this movie as much as you possibly could. So that's the reason why I gave it a one and a half. Marvin. And Tony Banderas a- played a middle Eastern man. Need I say more? You, but a middle finger? And <laughs> <laughs> Tony Banderas played a middle Eastern man, and he's essentially a white dude. Yep. Need, 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 need I say more? Like it's just that that's a travesty. But that aside, this movie just had a lot of moving parts that didn't all get resolved, in my opinion, and that mm. in itself what is such a bad thing. Hmm. Auntie Vice, why don't you give it a half? For all the reasons we bitched about. (laughs) Our fifth, basically. (laughs) For all the reasons we've bitched about, and it's just, it got a little half point because there were some things that you might be able to do something with, little inklings, but the rest of it was just crap. Not worth a watch, not worth your time. I mean, out of everything else, this movie did bring Ahmed to the forefront, even though Michael Crichton's book would have just did the same thing, it did bring his the the history or night world night history, the did presence it? of one. 
Did it? Because I, I, I would like to argue this was done in the 90s when the internet was not as prevalent as what mm-hmm. is now. Right. Secondly, we well, were still kind of going to that mass hysteria of, I don't know if the 90s were mass hysteria. But it was 99. So that oh, was, oh, that so was, it that definitely was, was kind of hitting at that moment when the Middle East was a huge threat because this was a little bit before 9-11. Right. Adding the fact that we just went through Arab Spring and all that other shit. Yeah, this was not going to be the movie. This I could definitely see this more being played as a propaganda piece of... Ooh, okay. I think about if, that. if we assimilate them, they're not the enemy because this movie definitely got an Arab man to fight alongside us and a very European... Anglo-Saxon culture. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just running into that, like the idea of how Africa has ran in these movies, where it's basically you got a white guy, even though you got a bunch of Africans, it's always a white guy who has to basically gets all the top grading of how Africa is run with him inside it. Oh, it's very, it's very uh, white savior complex. Mm-hmm. It's very white savior complex. Even Look, though the white people are, even though the white people are the are, are the root the, cause of Africa and all these other countries that are not European no, for having um, their issues. Oh fuck sure. yes, without a doubt, fuck yes. I mean, it, I I did I did get upset at the fact that um uh um Antonio Banderas didn't kill the big bad. He didn't kill the leader, or he didn't kill the queen. They left that to Beowulf. So it was kind of like a like. Why were you used for? <laughs> oh, you know that wasn't going to happen. They meant to have his character be the observer, which I would have been fine with if they treated his character with like the slightest level of respect and competence. He was either a warrior or he was either a fucking. I don't want to call him a low bitch, but like a pacifist <laughs> who didn't who who wanted uh, an insecure pacifist. Even though he did one poem that got interrupted because he because be- Beowulf had to kill his brother, <laughs> it, it, I, I got I didn't get the poem that he did, but it seemed like he started getting to a poetry. But whatever, that is our. I know. I'm getting again the word of, I'm getting the wrap up music coming in, so I'm going to let. Y'all know, please follow us on social media. Uh, first start off, Marvin. Yeah, you can all find me at StarvinMarvin09 at IG or on IG. Auntie Vice. I'm Auntie Vice on most social media. You can also find me at AuntieVice.com, loveletters to a unicorn.com. And in October, I will be teaching 30 days of kinky self discovery. So check me out on wickedgrounds.com. And you can follow you can follow me and everything I do or everything on Iambic. What's Iambic Zine? That is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. Please share, subscribe, comment. Let's see what y'all have against or not against. <laughs> you already know on, where that one's going. On the yeah. Warriors. Check us out. We will see y'all later. Our next movie that probably be coming up. I got two in the I got two in the mix, but I'm gonna surprise the rest of y'all with it. So I say peace, prosperity, poetry. See ya. Peace. peace. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
<laughs> no Mulan reference? You already did it. I made multiple Mulan references. 